business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is the Business and People podcast. We are the show that examines business and, more importantly, the people behind the stories. Today, we're joined by someone who delivers communication at an absolute peak level. She is the author of Confident Communication for Leaders. She's also been involved at the highest level of Australian sport, and she is now running Carol Fox Incorporated or carolfoxco.com.au, and she is the brains and the power behind Carol Fox. It is my pleasure to introduce you to the show. Carol, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us. Now, Carol, as someone who specializes in communication, how did you get into that field? Um, I actually ended up doing it by default, I suppose. I was lecturing at university and we were in the human movement area um, teaching people how to public speak and realised that so many people had no idea about basic communication techniques and absolutely so my uni students loved it and then word got out we were in the sports industry and next thing I know I was teaching it all around different sports industries and government agencies fantastic and I know that you you take um, a big interest in sport and business and the associations between the two do you find that there's a lot of lessons a lot of similarities between sporting at a high level and business at a high level do you do you see parallels there a lot Oh, absolutely, because at the end of the day, it's just all about performance, isn't it? Yeah, sure. You know, how do we make the most of our performance? How do we make the most of our time? Mm -hmm. And this is where communication becomes really important because this is about um, sporting teams don't have time to muck around working out how they get on with each other. So they do the work on that and that's exactly what, you know, other business, well, peak businesses need to do too. Yeah, sure. So I know now that you're running your, your consulting company, which is, so let me make sure I get the website right. It's carolfox.com, uh, mm-hmm. carolfox.com. And, of course, people can go there. They can get the free newsletter, keep up with you, and, and grab hold of the book as well. You've got a team of people now that are working all kinds of different fields with carolfox.com. When you start working with an organisation, with, with a business, what are some of the things that you're, you're helping them through? What kind of blockages are you removing for them in that organisation? Uh, they'll, they'll usually call because they've got a team of people who aren't getting on with each other. Wow. Um, or that they've got, cl- they're not managing uh, clients very well or client feedback very well. Mm. Um, so, a lot of the time, it's about building up resilience, building up how they can be together and work more effectively. And, um, you know, that's pretty precious when you get a group of people in a room and you teach them how to work with each other but then also how to work with their customers, Mm. Um, particularly when those customers or clients are being a little bit um, demanding. Yeah, sure. Or or feeling like they're not being heard. So we we talk a lot about acknowledging the customer and and making them feel like they're really important. Do you find that that's a message um, that is forgotten during the growth of some business? Because I know that as a business owner myself, and, you know, we talk to a lot of business owners, we all start with let's go out and let's get something great and let's do that. And there's a lot of lip service paid to customer service and then there's a lot of, uh, I guess, grunt work that's put into the profitability model. But do you find that the customer communication is something that that gets lost in that journey somewhere? Yeah, I think it can for people. And, you know, I, I know I'm purely based on referrals. So for me, I'm it's just always been something I've done naturally where yeah. I love my customers. 
um, they love me, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and that's where my next lot of work comes from. So, you know, it, it's a mindset. I, I'm always there. I, I love my customers because when I love them, they love me and then it all starts, you know, working around. Um, but also, like many business owners, there's been times where I've made the mistake of taking on a customer that, you know, my heart said stay away, my head said stay away, but I thought, no, I'll just take them on, you know, I need the money. Um, and that's always turned out to be a disappointing situation. Sure. So now it's uh, I listen to my heart, I listen to my gut, I listen to my head, and if I feel like the bells are going off, the alarm bells are going off talking to a customer or a potential customer, I don't take them on. Um, you, you have a lot more peace that way, I would imagine. <laughs> it is. And, you know, it's not much fun when you're thinking, oh, I need some money into the business, but often they're the times I think when we're most rewarded too. It's funny, isn't it? The, the times that we say no, in, in that circumstance because the customer fit just isn't right, yeah. you still you leave that space open. And, yes, we may all need the income coming through. We all need that cash flow. But yeah. you if you fill that space with someone that's not 100% right, then the space is not available for the next person who may well be the right fit in the right uh, environment for you. So now you've worked with... So you've worked with sporting organisations, you've worked with educational institutions, you've worked in government institutions, corporate level, all that kind of stuff... When you start working with a customer, actually, well, well, take me to the phone call that engages you and and your company. The phone call goes, is it it coming from a CEO or is it coming from someone in the trenches? Uh, And how do they reach out to you? What's their their chatter pattern to you? I think um, a lot of the time, and particularly at the moment with women in sport, and there's funding now for women in sport. We need more leaders. Mm. Um, uh, you know, we need them as coaches, officials, on committees, on boards, in leadership positions, you know, in professional clubs. So there's an absolute acknowledgement of that at the moment mm-hmm. and there's been money put towards it. So uh, phone calls, like I've had three this morning, they'll come from the people who are in charge of looking after the women development programs in, you know, NRL clubs, AFL clubs, um, even state sporting organisations, uh, and, and they're reaching out to say, you know, we've got some funding, we need to make an impact with it, uh, you know, how do you go about empowering our women so that they'll put their hands up? Because when we have those role models Women, girls also get to see that past sport, particularly if they get injured, there's still a way of them being involved in it. So Mm. it's my bliss. It's my passion. You know, if I can teach more women to put their hand up um, and be part of sport at all levels, then that's going to become the norm and that's where we're going to end up. So now I know that you're, uh, uh, have you finished your PhD? You're still Going uh, I wrote my book instead. I must write that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think that's on an old website. I've got to take that off. I, yeah, I, you were doing a thesis. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You were doing a thesis specifically about women in leadership roles in sports. So looking at. Oh, coaching. I did that. I finished that one. You've done so the I, thesis. Yeah. Okay, all right. You just didn't take it to the next level. I don't know. It was a master's thesis. And, okay, all right. Um, um, my PhD was actually in clinical hypnotherapy. So right. okay. um, which I've been doing for. Uh, a long time but um it was yeah it was a master's thesis back then around uh, women's perceived access to elite coaching positions in Australian sport very long name right okay no no shortening of that one is there um you were saying that that there is 
an, an awareness now. There's an opening. There's there's more and more people coming into the um, consciousness that that these doors aren't necessarily closed to women. And are you seeing that the results are reflected in that as well? As in, more and more women are, are achieving those coaching positions, those leadership positions in sport. Um, it's still taking time. We're okay. still way, way behind industry average in mm-hmm. sport. Um, the statistics are uh, quite interesting around it. They're, having said that, I haven't checked them in the last three months and there's been something, there's been a real groundswell these last three months in sport for women. Yeah. So I do think we've probably reached that critical point where it's going to improve, I hope, a lot faster. Yeah, sure. And really keep rolling on. So you, you've only got to consider... Um, how much sports on TV now, you know, how much women's sport they're actually showing. I've had friends that aren't even involved in sport contact me to say how lovely it's been to open up the paper and actually see women in sport. Yeah, um, definitely. It's no longer such still, a... Media-wise, we're still only at 11% in traditional media of coverage of women in sport. Okay, interesting. And I guess... It's nice to see that it's not such a single gender domain anymore. It's 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 really widening that and giving that more exposure. And of course, you know the, the psychological benefits of sport in general, um, and opening that doors from from both sides allows more and more people to get involved and be part of teams, be part of you know recognised achievement. And uh, we've had a lot of uh, people on the on the podcast that have been uh, agents, so sporting agents and people representing sporting personalities at high levels. It, it must be nice as well to to have the opportunities for sponsorship and, you know, some of the, the higher pay and endorsement um, also then opening up into the into the female world. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that'll start happening more and more uh, now that they've got exposure. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, more of the teams are starting to be sponsored. Which is great because uh, that means that we can start, you know, having some pay parity, which uh, we have not had for a very, very long time. And the only sports that have got the pay parity at the moment are Cricket Australia and uh, our Matildas, finally. Mm. Nice to see that recognition coming through, finally, as you said. So um, with your book, so it's Confident Communication for Leaders, what do you think that a leader typically is missing in that communication space? Um, I don't. I don't think that it's that they're missing anything. Um, it's really about understanding other people and what they need and how you can adapt your message for it. Okay. So, and at the end of the day, if I had to sum up everything I teach and in my workshops, I often say this because people go, "How am I going to remember all this, Carol? You know, I love it, but how am I going to use it?" And I said, "You know what? Be kind." If you are kind to yourself and kind to other people, all of this stuff falls into place. Mm. And, you know, I think that that's where we've got to stop judging ourselves but also stop judging others and have a a little bit of a step back and go, okay, why are they behaving that way and how can I make them feel better about it? Yeah, definitely. Do you have a a process that you walk through when you're doing your workshops internally so you have (coughs) an opportunity to go into into a corporate environment? You you mentioned where you have uh, teams of employees that aren't getting along well or there might be customer issues. Do you sit down and roundtable it out first and let everybody shout their opinions at each other or is it a little bit more structured than that? Uh, It's probably, look, by the the time I'm there, they've already 
um, you know, had a quick questionnaire, what's one thing they could take away from the day that will make it worth their while. Mm. Um, and so I've already got a, an understanding of the group and what they're needing so I can adapt the workshop specifically to them. Um, but something I do and um, I think it's a lovely skill is I create a really safe environment um, straight up. Interesting. So that they feel like they can just be who they are, uh, say what they need to say, but say it in a very safe environment so that everyone feels nurtured and supported. Yeah. So that, that actually, <laughs> I guess, facilitates or enables the opening of that communication. So um, being able to create that opportunity for the people maybe who haven't had a voice or have um, have been uh, in Enable, unable to to communicate effectively, uh, making that a safe room so that we facilitate the communication. Are you surprised sometimes by what comes out of those workshops? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you can't give away any secrets. That's, that's all 20, confidential. 20 years later, I still walk away <coughs> from my workshops knowing that I've changed lives. Yeah, right. How did you get started in business? So let's, let's go back all the way to when you went, okay, I'm going out on my own. This is, you know, my passion and I'm going to start to build the team. How did that, how did that all happen? Um, I kind of evolved. I've always not been very good kind of following systems. I, systems. I started as a school teacher and I hated being a number in a okay. system. I wasn't rewarded for any excellence. Um, I was a bit of a natural teacher and there was just no rewards, no recognition, no you know, you could just do nothing and still get the same amount of money as someone getting doing a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think then I, I realised uh, I love teaching but it wasn't going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started up my own um, fitness training company back in the early days here in Australia. There wasn't a lot around, so personal fitness training, of course, it's everyone's got their own coach. Um, so I started that up. And whilst I was doing that business, I also went back and started lecturing at uni, which is where I started learning and having to teach these communication concepts. So, um, yeah, it kind of evolved from there. Next thing I know, I had sports contacting me to teach what I was teaching my uni students and then um, government agencies. And so uh, it evolved pretty much into what it now is today, which is, you know, teaching confident communication for leaders. Nice. And what do you, from a business perspective, what do you wish you had known when you started out that you know now? I think it's that piece around not taking on work that doesn't light you up. Um, If I think about the, the, the fails in my business, and they're never failures, are they? But it it's always goes back to the time when I took something on and I shouldn't have. Mm. And, um, and I reduced my price and then that client became the most demanding client that I've ever had. Yep. Um, rather than a client who says, what's your price? We're happy to pay that because we value you. Um, that, that just makes a big difference. So I think that's probably been my biggest lesson and something that I do now where I'll have, still have people say, you know, hi, can you come and talk at our conference? Yep, how much? This is what my fees are. Oh, no, we're not paying. We'll give you a chance to stand in front of people and get clients. Well, I don't need any more clients and I've got 30 years of experience and I'm a professional speaker and I don't get paid by anyone else, you know, like some companies obviously. If I was working yeah. for a company, I'd do it. 
Um, and, and, and I stick to that now because I do enough pro bono work. I do plenty of it, but I'm not going to do it for people who, who um, you know. Don't value it. And, and a lot of the time, well, too, they're asking women. And right, interesting. that's a real concern. I've just had a whole conversation with a, a sports conference and um, the, the, the women they've been asking, we're all talking about it in the background at the moment. They're not offering to pay any of us and quite a few of us are running our own businesses. Wow. So they're willing to charge $2,000 for people to go to the conference but not pay speakers. So wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so, it's it's amazing that, that the... The audacity <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to to have somebody at a professional level and you know not have that um, understanding that professionals come with fees you know that I find that surprising but yeah. uh, I guess people will, people will get educated somewhere along the line Carol they'll they'll work it out and it's okay because if they value you know if they 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 value you then it's always worth doing yeah. um, if they don't value then it was probably a sign that it wouldn't have been worth doing anyway I I do reduce my price sometimes um if it's a conference that I really believe in and I believe that standing up in front of a group of people is going to have a huge impact um in the community but um yeah you know you pick your moments like like, yeah sure we all do everyone's the same so you mentioned there that um you know you you don't ever have a failure um and I think that's a, a great um, mantra to have in terms of knowledge. I had a mentor that used to say, "You either you either earn something or you learn something from yeah. from every experience." Have you found it to be a rocky journey? No, I no, I kind of go with the flow. I think when I get in, it becomes rocky when I get in my way okay. and I try to um, make things happen. Um, right. I think the hardest time in business, and some of so many people will relate to it, is when I start worrying about where my next dollar is coming from. Um, you know, I, I look at my diary and I don't see anything in, and I start worrying about that. As soon as I do that, business shuts down. But wow. if I if I I've been in it for long enough now to know that <laughs> often if there's a break in my calendar, it's because I actually need a rest. Yeah, sure. Um, so I make the most of that that rest time now. We were talking. We were talking just before we pushed the record. How much we both love jumping on a plane because you get five or ten hours of just being able to chill out. And yeah, even now that there's Wi-Fi on the plane, I, I still like no, 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 turn it off. <laughs> I can still use it as an excuse. Yeah, you know, no one can get hold of me. I, I love it. It's my my quiet time, and um, absolutely, you know, it's it, I I really I really quite like it. You value it, absolutely. So, Carol, um, you, as I mentioned, you've now built an amazing team uh, with carolfox.com. Who was your first employee in, in, your, in your world? Oh, gosh, that was a really long time ago, wasn't it? I, well, I've always, I've always had bookkeepers. So, well, I realised really early on that I'm much better in front of people, okay. big picture, and that I don't like detail. Sure. So um, the one constant I've had throughout all my businesses and my work has been to have a bookkeeper awesome. to deal with the, you know, the, the detail and the finances um, and an accountant who nice. rings me up every now and then and goes, hmm. It's that time of month. It's uh, you get those receipts over. A little bit of money there. Nice. And, um, and, and now my, um, you know, the, the most important person in my business is my EA, Mel, um, you know, she just looks after everything in the background so I can go and be who I need to be. Um, and you'll understand this, you know, when you're doing a workshop all day, there's no time for 
there's no time for anything else. Mm. And the last thing I want to do is come back to 50 emails at all. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I have to commend Mel because, you know, she was, uh, she was instrumental in, in organising our chat together and she's, she's absolutely fantastic. How do, you, how do you go about choosing your team, Carol? How do you put the people together that are going to move the organisation forward? <laughs> I actually, it'll often be they turn up at the right time and while I'm talking to them, I, in the back of my mind, I go, they need to be part of this journey. We need so, to we need to foxify them. Yeah, it's really great because we've got the and we've got the same values. Um, they're really easy to work with and talk to. I know where the gaps are. I know what I don't want to do. So, mm. um, strategic planning, for instance, I'm very happy facilitating a group and 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 finding out the answers. But I don't want to be doing the research beforehand. Uh, the collation of all of the information and then the reporting. So, you know, I bring in people who are very, very good at doing that sort of stuff. Fantastic. If you could have two of anybody on the team, who would it be? Oh, no. I, no Mel, not picking favourites? I have to have Mel. No, Mel's my favourite. Okay. Without Mel, um, I, I would be up until 12 o'clock at night trying to catch up on. I think the hardest thing for me is managing my calendar um, and also I, I do get a lot of requests to meet with people um, through LinkedIn mm-hmm. and that's in my role as president of Women's Sport Australia. But the problem with it is that that's a voluntary position and it does get a lot of my time. Um, for me to then go and have meetings with people because they want to talk about sport, um, that would be lovely if I didn't have a full-time business to run as well. Yeah, so sure. I'm, I find that with Mel, she acts like a bit of a gatekeeper on that now for me to work out, you know, how I can help them without, you know, having to meet them face-to-face, so to speak. Perfect, perfect. So tell me about the president's role there with the, the um, Women's Association of Sport, isn't it? Um, so women, women's Sport Australia. Women's Sport Australia. Sorry, my apologies. Sure. Tell me about the president's role there. What's, what's your uh, vision for that organisation and, and how are you helping move that particular one forward? Well, I've been, this is now my fifth year. So when I first joined, um, it had a different name. So we've rebranded, mm-hmm. um, brought on some amazing directors. It's a voluntary board and every director, it's a working board. So mm-hmm. they're all contributing so much. Um, we focus on equal opportunity for media time, wages, access to leadership positions. Um, and we've got a project that started last year called Women in Sport Photo Action Awards. Nice. And what we did is we realised that there just wasn't enough photos of women playing sport, actually mm-hmm. playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created a competition and that's gone Australia-wide. It gets exhibited in shopping centres so that young young people can see these images of women playing sport mm-hmm. and... Um, it starts to become the norm. Yeah. So we're very, very proud on what we've done with that and we've got a, another competition happening this year. Fantastic. That's really cool. Do you, um, as an organisation, do you work towards school-level uh, integration of sport, hoping that it will bring that further through or are you finding that it's more important to, to focus kind of in the, the after-school um, semi-professional space or where's, where's the concentration for you? Well, because we're, we're an advocacy body, we, we kind of deal with, the, as I said, those those key pillars of um, media, leadership um, positions and, and pay parity. Um, personally, I am working 
because I work with sports and I've worked at very elite levels and grassroots, uh, give me grassroots level any time, um, which possibly means school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if we're at grassroots level and we can make changes there, then that ends up filtering through all the way to elite levels. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. So um, that's where I like to spend my time. Awesome, awesome. So, Carol, you you wear many hats, you know, and and I was reading before that uh, you've competed in Ironman competitions and competed successfully at you know at a, um, guys and girls in in the same sport and and uh, dominated there, which is amazing. So, how does your typical day look like? What's what's the calendar look like for a typical day with you? <laughs> well, you know, I don't have a typical day. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I. Spend my time between the Gold Coast and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Gold Coast, my day starts getting up very early because the sun comes up really early here at the moment. Um, and the family, we take our 15-year-old daughter, my husband and I, and we go down the beach and have a swim. Nice. Um, and that's just the most beautiful way to start a day. And then I come back here, I smash out my emails. Um, I, I get as many done really before working, um, you know, people get to work. And then uh, start working through my programs and what needs to get ready. So, um, other, I, what have I got coming up? I've got a conference this weekend. Um, I've got two workshops next week. I've got some coaching clients. And um, when I'm not face to face with people, then I'm pretty much here back in the Gold Coast working through the background of you know creating new programs and creating what needs to be done. Nice. Do you switch off at a particular time? Do you have a, right, I'm done for the day and now it's time to Netflix and chill or do you do you find yourself still working at 10 at night and, you know, oh, my goodness, it's 2 a.m., how did I get here? No, I, look, I used to do that. It used to be a Monday night once a month where I would just stay up all night um, and smash it out. I'm, I'm trialling this new life, Walt. So okay. my new life is when I'm in Melbourne, I'm there, I'm working, I've got workshops, I've got clients. Um, I'm on my own, so I haven't got the family, so it means that I am staying up late if I need to. Um, Just really putting in that effort. Mm -hmm. And then the aim is that then when I get to the Gold Coast, I kind of do a little bit of work in the morning and then like this afternoon, I don't know, I might just go hop in my pool or... Super so cool. catch up with a friend. So the instead of balancing out, so having like weekends off, it'll be work hard for four or five days, come home and have five days rest. I, th- I think that's a fascinating model. Like I, I'm, I haven't heard it before where people literally have a different <laughs> geographical area that they travel to so that they can turn the power up. And then, yeah. you know, fly out, turn the power down and obviously still working but at a, at a much different pace. I find that fascinating. It's almost like the, the fly in, fly out, uh, but by design and, you know, with, with uh, both sides of the, of the spectrum covered. Do you find, um, being obviously working in the sporting field as well, Carol, do you find that uh, Melbourne, for anybody that's listening in the States, Melbourne is Australia's sporting capital uh, and the Gold Coast is almost Australia's uh, relaxation capital. So I live on the Gold Coast by choice, um, as Carol does as well for five days at least, do you find that the the sporting focus in Melbourne is much higher than the coast? Yeah, it is. I think that um, one of the things I want to do up here is really get into uh, what's happening up here on the Gold Coast. I think since the Com Games, there's still a lot of energy around Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, they're talking about having the Olympics here. So that's really exciting. Um, 
so I, I think um, I, I think it's going to keep picking up more and more up here. Mm. And, uh, but yeah, in Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne's always going to be uh, there. There's oh, just so until, much until we take it off them. And hopefully, if we get the Olympics come through, there will be. Uh, you oh, know, we the can... Olympics will be amazing if we if we get that up here in the Gold Coast. Just the opportunities that that'll bring. Fantastic, fabulous. Very cool. So what's next for you then, Carol? Like, are you a goal-setting person? Do you do you have a board and he's, you know, ticking things off every day? Are you having a, a, a goal that you're heading towards constantly or are you just kind of flowing, as you said before? Yeah, I think at my age and this part of my business now, I, I, I go with the flow. I okay. trust my gut. Um, I get ideas and I follow them through if they feel right. Um, definitely looking at going to America a couple of times this year. So there's some opportunities over there to share my work, which is exciting because I have a son that lives over there. So that kind of inspired it. I want to see more of him uh, and his wife. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, if I'm heading over, I may as well put it on the business and have a purpose for going over there as well. So Nice. Very cool. I like how that works. That's very cool. And so from a, uh, from a, carolfox.com point of view, the business is, um, you know, getting, Got great clients out there. Are you looking to expand? Are you are you um, actively chasing down more clients to work with? No, no, okay. they're they're finding me. We have That's more nice clients, and and they're really lovely clients. So it's um yeah, but you know, thirty years in the making. So I'm I'm reaping the benefits. Well deserved. Well deserved. You mentioned before that, uh, and I'm sorry to drill on it again, but you mentioned before that you either speak to companies typically when uh, there's a team that's not working together well or that there's a customer issue. Do you ever have the joyful opportunity to work in an organisation proactively before those situations arrive? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. <laughs> there's so Does that make life things. a lot easier? There's so no, I don't know. There's so many teams that go, now listen, you're, I'm, you're, I'm your reward for being no. good. So you're sitting here today because your manager loves you and wants to reward you. And nice. rather than taking you out to play mini golf, they thought that you might have a lot more fun learning about yourself so that you can take it home and use it with your families. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Actually, that's a really interesting point, and, and I know uh, I, I've kept you long enough, but that's an interesting point. From a communication specialist's point of view, like we've, we've talked about, um, you know, leadership in sport and especially women in sport getting into those positions and removing those glass ceilings. We've talked about uh, communication at work and in terms of making sure that the, the customers are looked after and all that kind of stuff. We've talked about that, but very interesting what you just mentioned there, that if they can put some better communication skills together from a work-based program, that can influence family life as well. Yeah, and that's what, you you know, you want them. I always say to people, you know, I don't know what you've done to be here today and the amount of emails you've had to deal with this morning and I can only begin to imagine how many emails you will have at the end of this day. So we need to make this worth your while and it's possible that what's in it for you today is that, you know, you'll get to see how you can communicate easier, hear how to adapt your message, really feel confident anywhere, anytime. But most importantly, take away tools and strategies that you don't just use at work, but these are tools and strategies that you can use at home in your private life. So Fantastic. Too. that's what's in it for them. Nice. And eliminate some of that, um, I guess, the angst in the home environment and, and get past some of the uh, res- conflicts that, that, that might come up. Um, Carol, I love that message. So if anybody's looking to engage with you, of course, they can come to carolfox.com. Um, you've got a free newsletter. What sort of information are you putting out with the newsletter? 
I just um, take, when I write it, it's meant to be fortnightly. Uh, I had a couple of clients remind me recently that I hadn't written one for three weeks, right. um, which was very nice of them. Um, but I take... They really don't understand the Gold, Gold Coast lifestyle then, Carol. It's like, <laughs> come on. But um, I just grab little snippets out of my book or just things that I'm coming across with clients and just put it out there so that they can start to think about it. When they've done a workshop, so imagine you've had a whole team do a workshop and their inbox all gets the same message and it's just one thing to consider. Um, It then has this conversation around the uh, office, which Mm. means that the learnings and the lessons they had continue on. And I've got some people on that newsletter that have been there for over 10 years. Wow. And I still get little messages from them going, thank you. I needed to be reminded of that today. I think, and it's so true, isn't it? No matter what we think we know, it's just that refresher every now and again. Oh, gee, I've I've let that slip or something like that. And, of course, communication being such a paramount tool for for business for growth for family for for everything that we put together it's so important so of course uh, people can head to carolfox.com they can pick up your book they can start to get that refresher even if they haven't uh, looked at communication before and of, of course you're, you're saying you're um, not looking for any other clients but i'm assuming that um there are business- oh, always looking for lovely know, clients I know, so what mean, I know what you mean but there if if there are businesses out there that um that would like to have their teams engage with you or any of your team i know that uh, you've got an amazing group of people there with you as well um to start to you know in, enhance the communications in the workplace they can reach out to you there as well yeah, absolutely. Please do. Because, awesome. um, and the other thing is, well, if I can't help them uh, because it's not actually my skill set, I have an amazing group of people that I refer to as well. Fantastic. And I was reading some of the, the people that you do have the ability to reach out to in their bios, and they do genuinely seem at the same high level as yourself. So that's very, very cool. Carol Fox, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and bounce around with you to find out how to build a geographically diverse lifestyle. I think that's fantastic. And of <laughs> course, uh, to, to find the joy in uh, communication and in their workplace and their family life as well. Again, thank you. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best and appreciate the work that you're doing uh, for, for women in sport, for women in business. Um, being the father of two daughters, that's an important thing for me as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, just genuinely, thank you so much. I wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thanks, Walt. Take yes. care. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Walt. And thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you. And I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.